Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode in which I'm joined by somebody who I've already had a little bit of a sneak conversation with and I'm joined by Sophia Cupsey and Sophia is an innovator, a social scientist and holistic therapist in preventative medicine. She's the author of three best-selling self-help books with over 30 years of knowledge and experience helping people improve their quality of life through health and well-being programs that she runs. Now, there was quite a big section in this listeners when it came to education. She's got a master's in science from various places. Uh, I'm not going to go through any of that. You can find that out. You can check her out on social media. Have a look at her LinkedIn. You'll get all of that. But what I do want to do is mention that Sophia has successfully run her own back pain clinics 15 years at Harley Street, London. Now, that's quite an achievement. And anybody here in the UK or anybody listening that understands Harley Street will um, sort of appreciate that. 30 years at Leeds Bradford and now works full-time online since the 2020 pandemic. She supports an evidence-based practice collecting data to improve client health outcomes. She works with companies and individuals, which I've assured of as plenty of on this podcast, who strive to balance the best in mental and physical well-being using her award-winning innovations, the Mind-Body Connection Map and Erase Pain programs. And actually, listeners as well, I'm slightly in awe because I know she's done lots of recordings because she actually has her own wellness show on Bradford Community Broadcasting Radio. I almost feel like that's part of the BBC when I'm saying that, BCB radio, isn't it? It's a little bit the other way around. Welcome to today's podcast. Oh, hi, Simon. How are, hi, everyone. It's lovely to be here. And and the show, I forgot to mention the show. So if you want to find this on FM, it's 106.6 FM. I'm sure it's, is it on digital, Sophia? Yep, digital as well. Uh, and yeah, there's a listen again. Uh, sorry, and just just to step in, the show is called One Small Step, Music and Conversation to Inspire Better Health and Wellbeing. So there you go, listeners, you know where to go to, to listen to. And that's, we'll mention that and we'll make sure it's included in the show notes as well. Tell, tell us this morning, uh, as we're recording this, Sophia, what you're drinking today. You know, you mentioned you have a couple of coffees and drink lots of water. Well, water we'll put to one side, but tell us about the coffee that you drink and why. <laughs> Well, Simon, I drink Dow Edbert's Pure Gold because mm-hmm. it's smooth, rich, with no bitter aftertaste, just like me. Yeah. Uh, and that was a great advert. And, of course, we're always open to sponsorship by Dow Edbert's as well. So thank you for giving, <laughs> thank you for giving such a good promo. Uh, it, it, I like to drink mild coffees. And, uh, I'm not so, and I tend to, if you, know, if you had to pick a favourite coffee... Well, I've got Italian heritage, so it would always be a cappuccino white with uh, no sugar. However, I tend to go for decaf 
which mm-hmm. sounds like a bit of a weak thing to do, but uh, cappuccinos tend to have espresso coffee in it, and those coffees um, are quite uh, hard for me. I, I, I don't like the sort of bitter yeah. taste it can have, so that's why I go for decaf on the cappuccino. Yeah, I must admit, I was... Uh... I don't drink instant coffee or anything out of a jar very often. I use a lot of pods. And a friend of mine that used to work at a local pub has moved to a truck stop where they're managing the cafe and the truck restaurant stop. And I thought, oh, go in and have a chat. Went in and had a chat and, and ordered a coffee. It's called The Ranch. If anybody's in Newark, it's a ranch truck stop. to do fantastic food. But one thing I was disappointed with, I said, well, I'll have a coffee, please, Pauline. Her name was... Uh, and she got a big jar uh, of Nescafe and did instant coffee. I thought for a truck stop, instant coffee, <laughs> yeah, you'd expect them to have it on filter or something like that, wouldn't you? But yeah, I must admit, I found it, yeah, a, not as smooth as Dowell Burt's Golden Blend. Definitely not. Yes, it's the only one that I'll go for because, like you say, Nescafe and all the others, they're traditional, but they're a bit too bitter and they're yeah. not nice. Yeah, no, I agree. So how do you take your coffee? Oh, always uh, white with no sugar. I'd like to try a black coffee because I think it's healthier for you and Mm. there's less calories, but I still haven't got my head around that one. Uh, And I do like it with, that's right, lactose-free, full-fat milk. (laughs) Okay, lactose-free, full-fat milk. Okay, yep, got it. Yeah. So... (laughs) Some of the listeners will be thinking, and you know, obviously everything that I've mentioned in your bio is health and well-being. And yeah, you know, I drink black coffee generally. I won't have, I don't like white coffee. I drink white tea, but don't like white coffee. Uh, what is it that sort of gets in the way of thinking that you'll try black coffee then? what What is it that you think about it or the taste of it? What stops you? It's interesting because I think it's always thinking it's going to have this bitter taste and I think it's about the quality. Like anything in life, when you choose whether that's something to eat or drink or whatever you do in your business or if you're going into a shop, it's always about quality, isn't it? And it takes us back to what you've just said, Simon, about the coffee shop shop, uh, place where it's about the quality of the coffee. I think if it's a nice quality coffee, I may try it black but other than that it tends to never be uh, a nice quality coffee to enjoy uh, it as a black coffee and therefore I always just stick with the safe uh, option which is uh, having it white yeah see I mean uh, I I don't know which says a lot about me doesn't it (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. well it does Uh, it says a lot about most of us to be honest but the the thing I would say is that the reason I drink black coffee, I used I used to drink always tea. Uh, and I used to go in a lot of people's homes when I had the construction business. And you get so many variations of tea. You get some that show it the tea bag from the other side of the room. Some that leave it in 20 minutes and you can stand your spoon up in it. There's so many different variations because it's the tea bag. Where what I found with coffee was that generally when you're going to somebody's home you get instant coffee and you get a spoonful of coffee and people say how do you take coffee just a spoonful that'd be fine and the thing i found sophia was that uh, i tried to take as many variations out that somebody else might give me a coffee that i don't like 
And the easiest way to drink coffee, particularly if it's instant coffee, and I'm sorry for those listeners that are getting offended by me keep saying instant coffee, but it's about being consistent in knowing what I'm going to get. And one spoonful mm-hmm. of coffee, you can't really get wrong. Um, as soon as you start putting milk in it, you'll get some people put too much milk in, you'll get people putting the milk in first, and then they'll have no idea how strong it's going to be. So for me, black coffee was less about the taste, and it is about the taste now, but it was more about that consistency of getting the quality that you've just mentioned there. So I'd give it a go. See see what you think. Well, it's interesting, Sam, you saying that, because the question really is when I have my coffee with milk, it's always at home. So I always know that I'll pour it out yeah. correctly and always get the same results. If I went out to a shop, uh, what would I have? It would mostly be a cup of tea. <laughs> there you go. Unless it's a cappuccino and then I'd have to get a decaf because they can get it wrong, like you say. Yeah, yeah. So um, I will try a black coffee. Uh, do you think I should start as a... Uh, virgin black coffee drinker should I start at home and yes. do it myself before venturing out yes and, I, and if you've got a good coffee that you like with milk have it because what you'll find is you'll get a different taste you'll get more of a taste more quality from taking the coffee that you drink without the milk because the milk just hides it it softens yeah, right. it and it, like it. it does and people can get it so wrong so yeah. uh, I will definitely give it a go there you go I'm big on that yeah. So listeners, if, if there's any comment section below where this podcast appears, you need to ask, did Sophia do the black coffee? And we'll let you know. <laughs> and this this comes on to our health and well-being, uh, I suppose, and you know, all things that perhaps you cover in, in your business, because consistency is everything, isn't it? Consistency of exercise, diet, you know, when it comes to our health, what we put in our mouths, what we do to our bodies in exercise etc consistency is key and certainly for me it is and if I lose that consistency the habit disappears in an instant people say oh 30 days builds a habit and once you've got it that's it but if I miss one day even if I've been doing it two years if I miss one day I will easily lose that habit what what do you see when it comes to dietary consistency other things that perhaps you've seen in your time of running back clinics because diet and food and what we put into our bodies is such an impact on how our body functions etc let's start with diet first what what have you seen that perhaps you can share some insights to when it comes to the dietary side of our health and well-being well what i've seen consistently some over 30 years that's constantly there when people i treat who've got chronic or acute back pain uh, it tends to be when there's no known cause, which got me as a researcher and social scientist investigating as to, you know, why are these people having bouts of back pain for no known cause? So part of it is mindset, and we can talk about that after. But another key thing is in what they're having in their diet, which is sugar. And sugar is, and it has an inflammatory action on the body. So when we start to have... Uh, sugar in our foods what we and then drinks as well we find that uh, we raise the inflammatory marker in our body which eventually leads to 
pain and then over time it starts to affect our joints and and then we're on a slippery slope to having pain that becomes unidentified and then we're looking for a physical cause but really it's what we're eating or drinking every day that has these hidden sugars in such as in processed foods fast food you know get a quick sandwich a quick ready-made meal uh, and and because we're time poor and we always want that quick fix but it's okay to do it now and then but um unfortunately um it's it forms a bad habit we were just saying and then we fall into this trap of dependency on poor habits then we get pain and that's one of the biggest things that uh, identified in the clinic that people get pain from a high sugar diet even though you think you're not having one uh, it's there isn't it if you don't look out for it yeah Uh, and it's interesting because i mean i've mentioned this in several podcast episodes yeah i love biscuits cookies for the american audience uh, and a lot of sugar and i do get uh, and i'm going to ask a question about this in a moment but i do get addicted to sugar uh, and i crave it so I literally, I go on a fast, no food at all, just basically to reset the body and get that sugar dependence, you know, reset. Um, because mm-hmm. not only is it uh, not good for us, and I completely agree, and when I do that, you know, my aches and pains definitely disappear. And when I stopped having sugar on cereal in the morning, it made a huge difference to my aches and pains. But what are your thoughts about sugar mm. as a dependency? Now, I've got to bear in mind, I live about four miles from British Sugar Factory, which is a sugar processing factory. So uh, if I'm upsetting anybody that works there, then I'm sorry. But yeah, it's, it's again, yeah, we all hear it and it's moderation, you know, it's, but you know, like you say, a lot of the food that we eat because of time, because of cost as well, is very sugar based, isn't it? Yeah, but also what a driver is stress and when our needs are not being met as individuals in our life, whether that's at work, you're not being recognised for what you do or at home, whether it's difficulties in family dynamics or partner relationships, we find that our mind, uh, the subconscious part, uh, definitely starts to look at uh, ways in which we get love and connection, and that's met a lot in our food. So there's a big emotional connection, and then we go back into our inner child. Uh, That's the state in psychology. We have two parts of the brain we serve, the conscious adult mind and the subconscious mind where we have this inner child, uh, small mini-me, and that always wants that connection uh, because it's it's reliable, isn't it, is these yeah. sugar foods. It brings us great comfort and it gives us a, re- a sense of reward and achievement. And so, and some people find it in a bottle of wine because that's nice and sugary. It, well, you might not think it is, it's alcohol, isn't it? Yeah. That's converted from sugar. But uh so this so then we've got to think well what's what's been going on in my life and this is why we're driven um because we know it will always bring us what we need even when life fails us or people let us down you know sugar or certain things that choose instead of sugar like alcohol will never let us down it's the consistent and and reliable source that brings comfort yeah yeah and I think that's that's so important for us to appreciate because, you know, certainly, you know, um, if I'm ill, if I get a cold, generally I eat more. Angela, my wife, she's the opposite. She doesn't. 
where you know what I'm looking for is that comfort definitely if I don't feel very well then you know uh, I'm looking for that comfort that little blanket of sugar to hold me close and get me better but it doesn't it actually does the opposite doesn't it so um, <laughs> I, I, I just want to talk, just want to touch on one and it might be a bit controversial but you know I've seen a lot of shopping recently uh, and as the cost of living crisis hits a lot of people around the world I, I get so frustrated that culture today compared to when I was young and, and at school where healthy living eating fresh fruit fresh vegetables your greens it was seasonal vegetables seasonal fruits a lot of them that you grew your own you know my dad used to have an allotment that we used to you know grow lots of stuff on it, it was the the cheaper option to actually eat your own food eat greens eat fruit when you go to the supermarkets these days actually it's not the low cost option the low cost option is the foods that we've just talked about the sugary foods the yeah. fast foods the the crisps the high salt the actual healthy living is usually for most yeah. families the higher cost option and that seems to be such a, a thing that's so wrong in our culture in the western world certainly any thoughts or comments about that and how people might be able to reverse that and get their mindset right around it as well it it's always a challenging one because it's it's demographically it depends what sector you fall in like you're saying the you know what you're earning and then the cost of living everything costs so much now gas electric and and fuel and i suppose now the production costs of growing um from uh, the land and then bringing it to markets, uh, transportation costs, import costs, um, labour costs to pick it, then it ends up we as the consumer suffer and we have to pay a lot of money, in particular for an organic product. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous and I agree with you. It shouldn't be that way around and I can't understand how it's got like that because I was growing up like your dad. My dad had an allotment. We drew, grew everything organically and uh, my dad was really good at throwing horse manure on everything <laughs> and yeah, it was yeah. just thriving. And then we went mushroom picking in the forest, but you can't do half of these things now because everything is so locked down. Uh, it's We're getting very restricted in what we can and cannot do. Uh, we used to go strawberry picking and we had everything like you said, Simon, it was seasonal. Yeah. And my parents were low to middle income family. And my mum was a good cook and she learned to be a good cook on a very small budget with things like people wouldn't eat. I mean, it's coming popular now is awful, but like kidneys and liver and things like this, yeah. we you wouldn't eat it. But but now, um, and now it's become starting to get a, a higher priced item. Um, but how do people get their heads around it is you've just got to become a very savvy shopper. People, you know, get vouchers, discount cards and, and shop where they can. But like you're saying the government have started to take the three for two on sugary products campaign or buy one get one free that's how um commercialism really sold it to the consumer that this is a bargain but really you were becoming obese on it 
Um, that's why after the US and America, we are the second nation to, to suffer from obesity, sadly. And type 2 diabetes is really, really um, creeping into our lives at, yeah. at an early age. Um, but the best thing to do is, uh, you know, you can buy things frozen that's fresh. And sometimes they say the frozen veg is better than what's on the shelf in the supermarket because uh, it's frozen from two hours of picking and it's cheaper in production costs oh, okay. and maybe even healthier for you. So go for maybe the frozen veg and um, because they say the uh, nutrient content is higher than sitting on the shelf because uh, for many days or weeks, I didn't say how long it sat there. No, and no. Uh, they don't last long, does it? No, no, definitely not. No. I think that's very important. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were supportive of that question. Thank you. Oh, now, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, so, obviously, you've been going through this process. Harley Street, Leeds Bradford, now working full-time online, particularly since the, the pandemic. Uh, and I'm interested you you put a date on it because I think for most of us listening to this, we started losing track of time. When did it start? When did it finish? When was it? So I think calling it the 2020 pandemic is a, is a good way of doing it as a, as you did in your bio. What what have those changes been like for you then in that transition to full time online? What what have you been working on in your own business, Sophia? Well, that was a difficult time. That. That um, timeline, that date stands out big for me because as a, a therapist who was running two very, you know, successful uh, pain clinics, as I said, in Howard Street and in Yorkshire, Bradford, where I live, uh, I was constantly busy and um you find suddenly in the lockdown March 2020, the government shut every uh, physical clinic down and lots of uh, companies had to shut down overnight. And that was my livelihood gone. And I had to suspend lots of people's treatment and they were becoming very depressed and in isolation. So it was impacting their mindset and I didn't know how to help them. So using um, Zoom uh, and telephone was a great way of supporting everyone's mindset. But then through that journey, I discovered, uh, as I did in physical clinic, that people's uh, started to feel better when they talked about issues that that became bothersome to them, that fed their physical pain. So I developed a framework, uh, a solution program that could help people. Um, they could buy it and work through the comfort of their own home and learn about how to reverse uh, in pain, physical pain, and then not be dependent on prescribed medication. And it became more successful than when I saw them face to face and did a physical, um, you know, a therapy. And I know that because as a researcher, I collect data and I was collecting data through every um, client review I was doing online and seeing I got significant improvement faster working online than in, in the physical clinic. So yeah, the hands-on therapy was nice, but it wasn't the main solution. Yeah. And, and that got the NHS into in the work that was doing yeah yeah uh, so definitely seeing that that mind body connection thing then happening in real time there uh, it's interesting as well that you use the phrase reverse 
because I think many of the people listening to this will be suffering with some kind of ache, pain, perhaps even backache. I mean, I had backache for 20 years and I went to see lots of chiropractors, physiotherapists, um, and all the left, all the problems were on my left-hand side. I had an operation on my left foot. I had a cyst in my left knee. And then I ended up with one physiotherapist, I don't know if I've told you this, Sophia, but who said, I don't think it's your back. I think it's your hip. And he sent me to have my hips x-rayed. And three months later, I was having a left hip replacement. And as soon as I had my hip replaced, I've never had any more back pain at all in the area that uh, was causing me problems. So, you know, it's it's very much, I think, the fact that these things don't have to not just be put up with, they can actually be reversed, however we reverse it. But certainly, you know, sometimes it might be surgery, sometimes it might be, you know, working on some of the things you've talked about there. But I'm interested in one other question I've got for you um, about the inspiring better health and well-being. You've mentioned you're a researcher, you know, you're an author of three best-selling books, self-help books. Uh, you've gone online. What was that initial thing, that spark in you that inspired you to take up such a mission? Because research is hard work, you know, it's, it's the harder element of everything else that you do, I'm sure. What was it that inspired you to go on a mission for better health and well-being? I think the reason that put me on this path, Simon, and it stands out, and I wrote this in uh, all my books, was my personal journey. And I think it always, when you get somebody who really inspires other people and is passionate about what they do, I think it always goes back to their journey. And at the age of 23, I had a head-on collision with a drink driver on Christmas Eve. And I lost the use of my legs. Uh, It crushed my sciatic nerve and damaged it to the point where I was given 3% chance of recovery. And um, if if the physiotherapy and the prescribed medication after three or four months wouldn't support the recovery of that then I'd be spending the rest of my life in a wheelchair which uh, is nothing wrong with that however at 23 I just got married I had plans for a family Um, I wasn't working in the field of what I do now and I just thought is there a better way to connect my uh, legs back to the body and get back walking again and it wasn't till I read Feel the fear and do it anyway, Susan Jeffers and uh, Louise Hay, you can heal your life, that I realised that those other interventions that I was having physio and also prescribed medication wasn't working for me and my body and my mindset. And I had to use something else. And then, so I went down uh, doing, you know, techniques of mindfulness, visualisation, certain exercises every day and building my own a recovery program to reverse what had happened to me and you know the consultant just I did learn to walk again within six months even though it was with the walking stick and the consultant looked at me and this was the inspiration moment when I said do you want to know how I did it I was like a kid in a candy shop I was so excited to share my knowledge and help get him to help so many other people who it might help and he just looked at me, shook his head, smiled, and just said, yeah, you're one in a million, go and have a nice life. I don't want to know. Oh, and I walked out. <laughs> and I walked out. The door. Well, most medics will say that. They're not interested in a sort of a holistic approach. 
and uh, it's sort of woo-woo, isn't it, uh, sort of therapy. And I walked out of the door that day and I thought, if I can do it, and I'm not a rocket scientist, I certainly wasn't into being social scientist back then, and um, I thought, i got to change other people's lives and help them because, you know, maybe my way isn't always going to be the right way for everybody, but it could help improve people's lives through a more sustainable healthcare practice. And that's what I do now for yeah. preventative medicine, helping people reduce prescribed medication, painkillers, opioids, which are addictive, and then have an effect on other parts of the life and the body and the mood. So if you can just take one small step and change something in your life, uh, it's, it will start a snowball effect to improving a, a lot of other areas in your life. So that's really what inspired me to be who I am today, yeah. Simon. What a great story. Have you ever met that consultant again? Oh, absolutely not. I did not. <laughs> you know, uh, he's only people that, um, uh, the memorable people that you meet in your life. He stood out, uh, but I couldn't remember his name now and because I didn't want to because he was so negative and he yeah. shut me down. And uh, those are the people that, really um the powerhouses that elevate me to say uh, don't tell me i can't help other people because this yeah. method does work yeah and and you know we have we've had numerous guests and that's a great story and thank you for sharing that we've had numerous guests on this podcast you know we had the lady in the very early days of the podcast who lost a leg after a motor accident and her arm and she, the doctor said make your peace with her to her family she's not going to live the night and she decided that she was going to live through the night and now she goes around empowering women in the united emirates sebastian bates was a fairly recent podcast about probably about episode 201 broke every bone below his hips in a jump uh, base jumping accident uh, and it's interesting all these people bear grills when you listen to his autobiography uh, mud sweat and tears i think it is you know looking at the poster of Everest and saying one day even though he was told he'd never walking I'm going to climb Everest uh, you look at these kind of people and you know the medical profession plays an important role in that recovery but it's not the only role is it most of these people like yourself uh, and like the people I've just mentioned all get the exceptional results because of that change in mindset and that combination of mind and body and that determination to actually do it. And I think the, the disappointing thing is you probably are one in, in a million because most people would just take the medication and just accept what the medical professions say. Um, and that does make you a minority, but it doesn't have to be a minority, does it? That's that's the thing. You should be the majority. No, I Exactly. Well, it's going back to what we said about food, isn't it? It shouldn't be the other way around and the yeah. crap, um, you know, the, the e-numbered foods and sugary foods shouldn't be uh, saturating the market. It should be the good foods at a cheaper price, but it's never the same. And that's the same with medication because pharmaceuticals who produce it, that's where the wealth is and that's what doctors and medics buy into. And there are going to be some great medics out there who are into integrative medicine, who support holistic approaches, but not everyone buys into that because they're already being sponsored by big pharmaceuticals. And therefore now, I don't want to say the word brainwash, but we are now growing up with the 
belief that um, that prescriptive medication is the only way to get us out of pain, but they are just sticking plasters. They are temporary solutions. The be if you've got a will, then there's a way. Remember that saying, if there's a will, there's a way. If you've yeah. got a mindset, and you change it, I guarantee you, I've seen people transform, and that's the word, transform themselves to out of really complex, difficult situations, and they they naturally recover, and they because they change something in their mind, and they've become yeah. Uh, yeah, better people for it. Yeah. So um, I'm not 23 anymore, I know that, but when I was 23, I believed that doctors were gods and everything they said was the truth but i think nowadays we live in a world where there's too much advanced knowledge about research and medicines to so do the homework go out there and do your own research don't trust everything that is put out there by uh, the medical profession's great i do support them they're amazing people uh but do you do your own research as well yeah. there's alternate ways yeah yeah definitely so Obviously, doing this is not easy, you know, and, you know, we should, when we're in these positions, reach out to people who can help us with our mind, our body, etc. You're one of those people, Sophia. So how do people connect with you? How, what do you want to send people to? You know, is it your books? Is it your programs? How do you want people to find out more about you and what you do so they can get that help if they need it on their mind-body connection as well? Well, they first of all can visit my website, which is www.mbhtraining.com, and there is uh, lots of information about my work and my background and how people can connect, connect with me. I have three programs that they can, uh, for a small um, amount of money, they can buy fantastic programs that are all evidence based. Uh, yeah by uh, medics as well i've got some great testimonials they can download and then enjoy in the comfort of their own home how to start that journey of changing the mindset in small steps on a daily basis to improve uh, the health and well-being and they can share that with the family if they want more one-to-one -one with me i offer a 30-minute free discovery call so they can just book in on my calendar online and once a month i do a virtual clinic for free wow. on eventbrite so they can log on and join one of the clinics and drop in with a question and hopefully i can give them some expert advice on that yeah and uh, and that's just led me to something to think about then uh, your bradford community broadcasting radio do people get the opportunity to call in whilst you're on the radio show as well or is that or is it just a broadcast they, rather than an interaction no they uh, they can't they can't um, call in because even though it's live, but I can call uh, guests if I about if I'm doing an about Bradford feature. But my show, which is one small step once a month, I bring in a guest into the studio, and if they can't get there, I can do I can record an interview, uh, okay. and so they can ask me questions there. But it's not a live as people can just. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like that live phone in. That'd be yeah. interesting, wouldn't it, Simon? Yeah, you see, that takes quite a lot of confidence, doesn't it? Because you know, I know I love solving people's problems, and that clinic that you've mentioned there on Eventbrite is exceptional because to have people asking you on the spot questions, yeah, I take my hat yeah. off to you. So, give oh. us a web, give us a website address again. Well, it's www mbhtraining.com 
and MBH stands for Mind Body Health, of course, mbhtraining.com. And they can connect me there or email me. It's got all my contact details and I'd be happy uh, to help anyone who may be struggling and want to come off prescribed meds or prevent going on to stuff, uh, med yeah. medication, um, using a more holistic approach to their uh, health and well-being. And, and that is so important. I've just come back from, from Wales for a weekend away and I've been to see a friend of mine, which is why I went. Uh, and he had a huge, huge, massive traumatic shoulder injury when he was in the parachute regiment, I think it was. Uh, and he has been on opioid drugs for 23 years. And wow. he, gets all, he gets all the help to take them, but he's had very little help to detox off of them. And the the journey that he's gone on and the tenacity and the mindset that he's had to have to push uh, the professionals to help him with this has been exceptional. So preventative is much better than trying to get off them. Completely agree with that. So, oh, yeah, but you can send it my way, Simon, because yeah. I help people do that every day. <laughs> yeah, well, Sam, Sam's the plan. So um, penultimate question then. If you were to give the listeners... One tip, one lesson that they can take away, whether it's something to do with a mind, something to do with a body or something to do with a connection or pain programs, what would you like to give to the listeners today that could be a real benefit to them that they can take action on straight away? Oh, it's easy. Um, I could say drink more water and all hmm. those sort of things. But the biggest thing really is to remember to incorporate every day a little bit of you, be kind to yourself practice a bit of self-care every day, embed that into your work-life balance. Uh, I work with a lot of uh, businesses and one-to-one uh, -one people that spend three or four days of the week, 16 hours a day at the business or working with the family. They never incorporate any downtime for themselves. And then by the time they have a day off, they're burnt out. They don't know how to enjoy it. And this is really bad on the body. Uh, it just sets you into a fight or flight. So self-care every day. Be kind to yourself and a little bit of um, downtime for you. In, embed that in. And it really does go a long way to uh, reducing uh, inflammation. Yeah. And, and one of the things, I'm glad you said drink a lot more water, because I can remember going to see Tony Robbins in the Excel Centre back in, I think, 2005. And uh, he said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you all the magic solution to losing weight and getting rid of all the aches and pains in your yeah. body. You know, yeah. eat, eat less and drink huge amounts of water. That was his answer. There you go. I'm done. Water is so good for us. and we, None of us drink enough, really, do we? We're 80% water, our brain needs it, and um, your organs will take it. If you, The less you drink, the more your organs will have it, and everything else will depreciate. If you want to be younger, healthier, happier, fitter, move faster, be more flexible, <laughs> drink more water, and the government guideline is two and a half litres a day. Steady away, and you'll be forever young. <laughs> yeah, and, and take a little bit of time each day to look after yourself and i just want to i just want to ask you a question then because one of the things i also took away from the same tony robbins event uh was 15 minutes of gratitude so every day i spend 15 minutes of gratitude sat in silence just thinking or even saying out loud loud the things that i'm grateful for i'm grateful that i woke up this morning i'm grateful i've got five fingers five toes i'm grateful that i can stand up 
grateful that I can do 11 miles of walking, you know, when 10 years ago I couldn't have done. Is that the kind of thing that we can do to actually take a bit of care for ourselves? Yeah, self-care can be in things that you, it's to reconnect ourselves back to who we are and uh, for, it, gratitude and mindfulness are the two big things for me, but that's not for everybody because yeah. that's not their natural state. But again, it's learning a habit. It's, you know, just you wake up, I'm grateful, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I've got my physical body, so many things to be grateful for. Yeah. Gratitude puts you in the right attitude. So when we kickstart the day with a gratitude start, believe you me, it's... Um, creates a more positive rather than negative mindset yeah. but if you're always thinking about the to-do list you lose focus uh, on on the good things in life and we're here we don't know for how long so let's just enjoy the moment being present is really important um, the trouble is we live too much in the fast lane yeah. which is thinking about the end of the day and tomorrow well let's step back and enjoy today with the gratitude and the mindfulness and being great. present great and of course listeners if gratitude and anything like the mindfulness doesn't float your boat and you're not really quite sure what on earth we're talking about then you know where to go go to mbh training mind body health it stands for mbhtraining.com and reach out to sophia and i'm sure she'll guide you on some way in which you can find that essential piece of time each day to look after yourself thank you so much for being a guest i've got to ask you the final question if you were to have your next coffee with somebody who has been the most inspiring person in business so we're excluding that consultant who would that person be and where would you love to have that coffee well I was going to have my next coffee tomorrow morning with me, listening back to this podcast, but obviously I'm going to have to pick, and that's put me right on the spot, where would it be? Oh, well, I think it has to be possibly Mr. Tony Robbins, and I'll be back in Hawaii having a nice coffee with him, uh, because I was there in 2001. And we did have a coffee, so let, let let's that's go that. back there. Oh, that's it. Oh, I'm just I'm very jealous then. So great. So we know where that is. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you for giving us so many insights. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Simon, for having me uh, on your show today, and thank you for the for everyone out there who's just dropped in. I hope you enjoyed it too. And that's very pertinent because now all you need to do listeners is go out there leave us a review tell us what you thought of this particular episode subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and of course there are lots of historic ones you can go through as well and most importantly let us know what you've done with this tip how do you feel following Sophia's tip of spending a little bit of time each and every day each and every day not once a week each and every day looking after yourself and if you're not sure how to do that then you know where to go mbhtraining.com is the place to go and i look forward to having you on the next episode bye for now thank you for listening don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business do get in touch with simon and to discover what your business needs you to fix next visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.